we have not anticipated fans taking the entire can and upending it. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. My plan is to cry a lot and then, no, I'm actually going to do well. Who am I kidding? I'm great. Thankfully, the Red Bulls decided to score some points. I personally am not trying to be a homer or anything, but uh, Joe Rallis. Portland shouldn't be on the playoffs this year because they can't get their act together. 11 mils sitting on your bench, just sitting there when you could invest it into any other position. Hello, and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast as we review rounds 32 and 33, and preview round 34. This week, we're brought to you by the color red, the favorite color of red lines everywhere. No, no, as always, we are brought to you by r slash fantasy MLS, the wonderful community there, as well as MLS Fantasy Boss. I am your host, not Reed Connolly. Uh, Reed is off gallivanting in Japan, and so I am joined by one of the best players in the game, Simon Thwaites. Simon, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. I think one of the best players in the game is an overly generous introduction. But, Mike, <laughs> you're, you're a kind fellow, and I appreciate it. How are you doing? I, I'm, I'm doing good, at, at least in realms other than fantasy. But as far as life, it's all good. All Excellent. Good. Um, so uh, it's been a while. We've had two weeks go by with scores uh, since we last did a podcast. Um, I know my team didn't do too well. Uh, in 32, I had... Uh, 66 overall score and that was not including the negative eight i took to bring in two houston defenders who didn't play in the zero zero draw with uh, seattle but i rebounded around uh, 33 with 100 points thanks to bwp captain pick yes uh how about you simon how'd you pull it off yeah that's um basically how it went for me i did just about terribly in round 32 i fell from i think third or fourth place down to 10th and that was with 58 points with a minus four so 54 overall I captained Tim Howard which um I don't know why I did that that wasn't very smart (laughs) I suppose and then in in round 33 luckily uh wrapping up yesterday I ended up with 100 points and that was still even with a Giovinco captain so not not that great of a captain but 100 points and I'm back up to 7th so feeling feeling pretty good about that, uh, and feeling pretty good heading into the last week. Yeah, in in that round thirty two, both Colorado and Houston did some weird stuff. We we thought Colorado had a great chance for two clean sheets and got nothing, and then Houston blew off the second game against Seattle, but Seattle couldn't score, and then none of the Houston defenders that were played in the first game played in the second game. So just kind of a weird week, but that's what happens when you only have four games in a whole round. You know, one game being weird throws everything off. It's pretty bizarre. Yeah, I, I really hope we don't have any more weeks like this next year. I don't know about you. <laughs> yeah, if, if I had one wish for fantasy for next year, it would be no, like, joke four-game or five-game game weeks. They're just It feels like total variance to me. It's like almost no skill. You're just like, well, I hope I got the guys who ended up starting. And if you do... You're good, and if you don't, well, then it pretty much just sucks. So, yeah, there's my fantasy wish for next year. No more of those. Yeah, and, and we'll have a whole list of complaints coming up, uh, I'm, I'm guessing, probably next week as we round up the season and talk about what we want to improve 
uh, for the game. And what we'd like to see next year, and I'm sure um, addressing the way the schedule was done this year, is going to be at the top of our discussion list. So um, if you all have any ideas about what you'd like to see added, make sure you post them in the comment thread next week. Um, but as far as this week, we still have one more round to go. Round 34 starts on Sunday, October 23rd at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Every single game happens at the same time. So you will see every single lineup. So be sure to check the lineups, have that one-hour scurry right before uh, everything locks, and uh, you know, make sure you get your team in order. you got two free transfers left. Make sure you use them well. Um, now, before we get into the injury and all the picks, I want to make sure that you're all aware, as you probably already are, of our Patreon page. Um, you know, we really enjoy being able to bring the show to you uh, every week and make sure that you have all the information and advice that you all need to make good decisions for your fantasy team. But in order to do that, there are some costs as far as uh, hosting fees and, and whatnot. And so if you would like to donate to, to keep this show on the air, we would very much appreciate it. Um, our Patreon page is linked uh, in the show description. And uh, we do give uh, awesome swag. We have some pint glasses, some uh, stickers, and as well as the opportunity, if you donate a significant amount, to, to come on the show. We had uh, someone on the show last week. We had a, a blast talking with him. And we'd love for you to join us. So um, if you donate to Patreon, Simon will love you forever. I will dislike you less. Uh, Jason will... Well, Jason will like you. You might not want that much love from Jason, so you can donate and say he, you don't want his love. But if you do, you can get that as well. So make sure to donate to Patreon, and we would very much appreciate it. Right, Simon? Oh, absolutely. You know, I, I'll be a big fan of yours if you if you donate to us, you know. I mean, it helps keep the show going, makes our lives a little bit easier in terms of we can pay for the fees and stuff like that. Um, really excited over the off season. We've been talking about working on a dedicated website for the show and, and getting more content there really like a, a big resource. So I'm really excited to spend some time working on that. And that kind of thing is, is possible. You know, it costs money to basically host a site. And so that kind of thing is possible because people have donated for it. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I really yeah. appreciate it. Yeah, and we've been talking about some more prizes and stuff and some more leagues that we'd like to do next year. And the, the only way we can have those conversations is because of, of y'all's generosity. Uh, and so the more generous y'all are, the more fun things we can do with y'all and the more fun we can have as a community. And I, I know that y'all will miss the community once uh, the fantasy game ends. So, you know, make sure to, to, to donate so we can have as much fun as, as we possibly can. Exactly. Um, but speaking of something that's not fun, MLS injury news. Uh, we have a bunch of big names on, on the list this week, starting um, with the biggest one, uh, Mauro Diaz. Uh, hasn't been confirmed, but he is likely out for the year and probably significant time into next year with an Achilles injury. I uh, hate to see that. Um, Didier Drogba, he missed the 18 last week with sulking. That's a new injury for me, but he found out he was not going to be a starter. He didn't want that job, and so he just basically walked out. So we'll see if he uh, shows up next week or if they can resolve that. Steven Gerrard, he spent last week in Liverpool. Uh, he apparently rejoined the team on Saturday, uh, but he is nursing a hamstring injury uh, with L.A. not having anything to play for, which we'll get to in a bit. I wouldn't expect him to play. Uh, same with Keane. He's doubtful. Uh, he has a hip flexor tightness issue. 
Again, LA doesn't have anything to play for. Wouldn't expect much out of that. Frank Lampard, he missed the 18 last week. Uh, he's come, trying to come back from a calf injury. Uh, he did train today. Um, no word on if he'll play this week. But we'll see the lineups. Uh, Kellen Acosta left on crutches for Dallas, so another injury for them. Uh, I would assume he is doubtful for this week. Diego Valeri, he was subbed off with a something of a limp. So if you have him on your team, you might want to have a backup plan for this coming week. But then as far as discipline, uh, I don't know if there's any disco decisions coming, but as far as yellow card accumulation, Ridgewell, Chara, and Godoy are going to be the three that I saw that are going to be suspended this week for yellow card accumulation. And as far as yellow card warning, it doesn't matter because it's the last game of the year. So um, those are the injury news, a couple of big names for, for everyone. Uh, and then we did want to kind of touch on briefly what um, – what teams are playing for? Because, you know, some teams are out of it. Some teams have something to play, play for. Some teams have a lot to play for. So just kind of very briefly, FC Dallas and Colorado are fighting for the Shield. So you can expect A-plus lineups from them. RSL, Seattle, Sporting Kansas City, and Portland are all fighting for a playoff spot. So they're going to be putting A-plus lineups. Now, as far as teams with something to play for, like playoff seating, that's New York City, Toronto, Philadelphia, Montreal, and D.C. Um, so you can expect pretty good lineups from them, although with when it's just seating, if there's you know someone on the borderline, they may not throw everything at the wall. Now, as far as teams with nothing to play for, all your teams that have been eliminated, um, that includes New England, who isn't technically eliminated but practically eliminated, Orlando, Columbus, Chicago, San Jose, Vancouver, and Houston. Now, the teams that have seeds are locked in, that's Red Bulls of New York and the LA Galaxy. So that's just kind of something to keep in mind uh, as we go through everything. So, Simon, how much do you factor in a team's motivation when you're thinking about your transfers um, or who you want to transfer out and transfer in? You know, we've got another question later that's actually going to kind of address this with a couple of specific players. But I'll say for the last round, I'm, I'm super like up until the last round. I don't think you want to think about it very much because it's it's to the point where it's like the season is still going. Even if a player maybe doesn't have much to play for, they still are fighting for a roster spot or, you know, fighting for a good contract for next year. And it looks really bad if a player decides to just kind of, you know, crap out or whatever. But and especially with teams, too, I think at this point it's like, you know, the coach wants to look good. The players want to look good. But into round 34, um, I think you can kind of go ahead and say that if a team doesn't have much to play for, maybe you don't want to be playing a ton of their players. If only because if a team doesn't have much to play for, they're probably pretty bad because they're out. And really, what kind of motivation is there? They might be fine. But at this point, it's a bad team, and you never know. Maybe they rest an older player that they know is going to be out of contract, and they give a younger player a shot. So you never know what kind of lineup variance you're going to get there. With the teams that are playing for playoff spots, I think you absolutely want players from those games or players that are up for like uh, awards or titles or something like that. Colorado and Dallas, you know they're going to be going at it. 
um, with Dallas. Again, well, that's another question for later, actually. We'll talk about whether Dallas is is worth owning players from. But I, I think that if a, if a team has a supporter's shield on the line or a first-round buy on the line or anything like that or a playoff spot on the line, you can expect them to really go after the game. And so maybe their offensive players are are worth getting. That's just my take on it. Um, doesn't differ too much from a normal week in that, you know, you want to pick players that you think are going to do well and go after it from good teams. But at the same time, uh, maybe give a little bit of extra boost to those players who who are on teams that are really playing for something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's going to change much of my decisions. The only thing I'm thinking about it at all is to try to predict what kind of weird lineups we're going to get. And so that way I have a plan to see whenever I see that lineup, okay, I've, I've already thought of, okay, maybe Sasha Kleshin, uh is going to get rested because Red Bulls don't have something to play for. So let me make sure I have uh, a backup for Sasha Kleshin if I have to transfer him out. If they're in the starting lineup, they're probably good to go. Um, you know, if, if you used your wild card last week, right, I don't think it's going to be too much of a problem. Most of the players who are really good have something to play for this week, like you said. So other than just like using it as like a planning tool to make sure you're ready to go whenever all those lineups start dropping at 3 o'clock Eastern time on Sunday, I think that's all you really need to do. I agree, Mike. You said that much more concisely than I did. Well, you know, Simon, we're trying to fill up time. It's just the two of us, so I don't mind not being concise today. <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. Um, well, look, let, let's kind of get into the picks. Now, we had uh, one kind of general question, and we always have that for our keepers and defenders area. Um, do you regret using your wild card when you did? Uh, and specifically, someone asked us if we thought they were stupid for using it in 32 and 31, the way we said it back in weeks 27 and 28. Okay. So look, here's the thing. Somebody got mad at me for calling them dumb, probably because their decision didn't work out as well as they liked. Wah, wah, wah. Okay. Oh, must, I don't know. Sucks to suck or whatever, (laughs) but like, no, um, I'm sure this was actually a good-natured question. Uh, maybe I shouldn't call people dumb for or, or say that your decisions are dumb. I'm just trying to help you out by helping you make the best decisions possible. I think my wild card use was great, to be entirely honest. Both times, the first half of the season and the second half, I used it right before a giant double game week, filled my team with a bunch of guys who are going to do really well, and I scored really well. I don't remember my exact scores, but I remember not having a disappointing wild card and being like, oh, yeah, I crushed it. That was awesome. I mean, in general, I'll say that I think your wild card strategy should be to use your wild card um, in a position where you feel like you can really take a big advantage of it. And so... If, you, if that means you're going to get like a ton, a ton, a ton of points, um, you should do that. So uh, I think you want to use your wild cards for the highest potential ceiling and not necessarily use them to avoid a low floor or whatever. Um, so I don't know if that answers the questions, but yeah, I thought my strategy of using wild cards into, into game weeks where I could feel the full 11 of double game week players and set myself up well for the week after was a, was a good strategy. 
Yeah, and I mean, this was the first year we had a second half of the year wild card, and we had so many of those weird weeks with massive buys in 25 and 27, and then again in uh, in 32, like we just had. I used my wild card in 27. I think that was an okay pick. I just picked bad players, and then I ended up uh, becoming a huge second half slide, mostly because I invested a lot in Montreal, and then Montreal hit hit a wall uh, as far as points. Um, if you used it in 31 or 32, um, if you picked the right players, I think it worked out. But based on what I saw, it, I didn't seem to matter a whole lot to me when you used it uh, in the second half, as long as you made the right picks. You know, even if you didn't use it in 32, as long as you had Minotis and Dashi, you did all right. And if you didn't have those players and you picked uh, Houston defenders like I did, then you slid back in the standings. So I really thought the player picks more than wildcard use was the big thing for the second half. But I wanted to make one point, and I made this point on Reddit. If we're making an argument and you think that we're being stupid, you should tell us and make your argument. Don't just like wait until afterwards and say, ha-ha, you did wrong, and I knew all along that you were wrong. Like The whole point of doing this is to have great conversations and great uh, arguments and discussions. So if you think we're saying something wrong, Post your argument on Reddit. You know, that's the whole beauty about it is that everyone in the community can contribute, whether it's questions or arguments, and we'll, we'll be happy to talk about it on the show. Because, um, you know, we're not perfect on, on everything. Um, and Simon's pretty close. He's seven. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, you know, we definitely want y'all to, to criticize us if we think we're making bad arguments. Yeah, especially totally contribute that way. Especially on Twitter. I love it when people come and argue with me on Twitter because, honestly, I feel like that's how I've done so well this season is I've really paid attention to what other people are saying. And sure, I have my opinion and I go with that. But a lot of the time, the things that we say on the show and that other people say really do end up influencing my decisions. And people who ask questions or people who tweet at me, um, those really influence my decisions. And I guess to what Mike was saying, I just wanted to add on one point. Yeah, the player picks do matter more for wild cards, but I think when you use your wild card on a week when there are a ton of double game weeks, you give yourself a chance to pick more players correctly instead of picking from a pool where maybe there's only going to be three or four players who really have a big score. You give yourself a chance to where, okay, this week there's going to be 20 players that have a really big score, and I can grab 10 or 11 of those. Um, so I think you give yourself maybe a bit more margin for error if you use your use your wild card on a week that um, had a, a ton of double game week teams. It's all in the past now, but something for next season that I think is interesting. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you. You want to have it on the double game weeks. Uh, something to also keep in mind is you know when you can use it to kind of differentiate yourself from other players as well as to set yourself up. You know because you get that extra transfer the next week. Uh, and so you, you kind of want to think about, you know, using it to to really take advantage of both sides, you know, being able to play differently going forward um, and then going after your wild card as well as taking advantage of the wild card week itself. Um, so definitely in the second half, I, I think you're absolutely right. You wanted to have those double game weeks um, as far as like the timing. And the, to, to me, the decision of when to use it is more important in that first half of the season if they do it again next year. Uh, because deciding when or not when you have enough information to really um, change your opening season preseason expectations, it, to me it's, m it's much harder to think about in the first half. In the second half, when everyone knows who the good players are, 
uh, we have enough information to know that. So it's just a matter of using it and making player picks in order to, to maximize your points. So, um, but yeah, it was really interesting this year having that second wild card. Um, I don't know if I want it again, but I guess that's something that, that we'll be talking about next week if, if we like that or not. It, it definitely helped with all these weird buys. But um, that said, we, we have some picks to get to. So um, picks for keepers and defenders. Uh, I, I know for me it's kind of hard because I don't like many of the defensive matchups, and I'll probably just stick with what I have. But if I was picking, I, I would say Tim Howard uh, for goalkeeper because he's at home against Houston. That's about as good of a defensive matchup as you could hope for. Um, and then for defenders, I think Sterez at home against FC Dallas, who's injured, and we'll talk more about FC Dallas in the next question. Uh, and then Hoberry and um, someone cheap like Ladd or Campbell probably to, to round out my picks. But, yeah, so Howard's uh, glad for me. Well, what about you, Simon? Well, you know – I have to say that I agree with you on Tim Howard on the goalkeeper pick, um, but I also think you'd be well served by going with Stefan Fry, and this is going to translate to my defender picks too, so I'm just going to move on to those and talk about that. Um, anyone on the Colorado defense I think is a great bet. Uh, sure, we'll say Axel for the sake of it because he's the guy that lots of people have, and of course Harrison if he starts, but he hasn't been lately it seems like, so who knows. Um, that's just Houston doesn't score a ton of goals and Colorado's at home and they're playing for the shield seems like something that is, is pretty promising, you know, um, Seattle against RSL Seattle at home defense has been great since Ramon Torres got back and RSL's offense has just been fairly hideous lately. So, so I think Fry might be a good pick at goalkeeper and in defense, uh, Chad Marshall actually went off injured. I think I forgot to tell you that for the injury p- report, or maybe you maybe you mentioned it, Mike. But um, no, I didn't mention it. I saw that um, Smetzer said that he was looking like he was going to be okay. Um, okay, so he's definitely someone to if if you're looking at him. I, I probably should have. I've been trying to keep the podcast injury report to just the the big mm-hmm. name. But you're you're right. He is someone who had an injury. Um, so if you have him on your team, you might want to. Pay special attention to the uh, to the rosters or the lineups, you know, whenever they come out. Ah, uh, yeah, I agree. Um, but my pick for defense from Seattle is Jovan Jones, who gets forward a lot, and I feel like Seattle's going to be attacking a ton against RSL this week. And then, of course, uh, I think you could go with somebody from Sporting KC's backline. I don't really know who that would be, to be honest with you. I don't have a player pick. I just like their home matchup against San Jose. When San Jose doesn't really have a ton to play for and Kansas City is really fighting for a playoff spot, I think I like a sporting KC defender. So that's kind of like a middling player pick. But uh, my, my two main ones would be Joven Jones and Axel. Yeah, you know, I like that um, Sporting Kansas City because when I was trying to make my picks, I was like, you know what, that's a really good matchup, but I couldn't think of anyone on Sporting Kansas City that I trusted enough to recommend. <laughs> Same <laughs> uh, thing. But, but yeah, that, that's a really good defensive matchup too. Um, now, now we've been talking and skirting around the, the, the issue about Dallas, uh, who, who plays um, at L.A. this week. Moro Diaz is hurt, probably out for the rest of the year. Acosta, you know, Castillo has been gone in Turkey for the last few months. Um, if you have Moro Diaz, Simon, who do you think the best option is to replace him? 
Well, what does this mean for the rest of FC Dallas's fantasy options? I mean, I have Mauro Diaz, so I'm going to be replacing him. And let me just tell you right now, I'm going to be replacing him with Benny Failhaber, uh, just because that matchup, like we talked about, Kansas City home to San Jose. Failhaber's been playing pretty well. I think that one is pretty saucy. Um, you know, I think you've got some other good choices that that could work out for you too. But Failhaber is one we talked about last week that could be really, really solid. Um, as far as Dallas's fantasy options, I mean, I think what honestly worries me more than Diaz, I mean, Diaz is a really big deal. Don't get me wrong. I don't really know who else on their team that you'd be looking at other than like Aruti or maybe Barrios to begin with, um, except for defenders. I don't think their defense really gets that much worse by losing Diaz. Although, you know, it's not like he's a super defensive liability or anything. So it basically, to me, it just takes away like the guy that you would want, which is Diaz. So in terms of offense, in terms of defense, I think that Acosta injury that we mentioned is maybe almost more important because that uh, you know midfield tandem of Acosta and Guezzo is really, really, really just important for Dallas. And so I think that makes their defense a little bit worse. Hopefully, and I, I say this because my, you know, my Sounders, I feel terrible that Dallas's guys got injured um, against my boys, you never like to see that happen. You know, you want your team playing clean and and not for people to be getting injured against you. But I hope Acosta is doing okay. But if he's not, I think that maybe that makes Dallas's defense a little bit more suspect, which is only for one more week and it's an away game, but something to keep in mind. And I'd say you should replace him. Uh, Diaz, again, just the the thing. I'd, I'd replace him with Benny Failhaber. I think there's probably some other good options too, but nah, Failhaber's the best, so go with him. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote two names as far as replacements. One was Benny Failhaber, but the one I was thinking was, um, and I'm going to be a homer here, Andrea Pirlo at home against Columbus Crew, Ooh, yeah. uh, one of the worst defenses in the league. Uh, as opposed to San Jose, which is a little better defensively, even though their team is still pretty bad. Um, Andre Pirlo is, is one of the, the mids, I, I think, could take advantage of, of that situation. But it, it is hard to replace Diaz because he's been one of the best fantasy options in the game. And with, um, you know, Valeri possibly being injured as well, it, it's hard to find a, a caliber replacement that's going to really replace him, um, other than just kind of taking a, a one-week hit on, on some of these teams. But I, I definitely think you're right. The defense is concerning concerning to me uh, because of Acosta. But as far as Diaz affecting the defense, I think it's just a matter of teams aren't going to be as afraid to throw numbers forward because Dallas doesn't really have a creative attacking midfield who's going to make them pay for doing that. So against a, a team like L.A., who's got Giovanni Dos Santos and Leggett and all these other, even, heck, even Landon Donovan, who can't get back, while they wouldn't maybe throw the numbers they would if they were playing against Diaz, they might this week. So if I had someone like Walker Zimmerman or Matt Hedges, I might think about using the transfers there um, to at L.A. That's not not a great matchup whenever you're missing your main offensive threat. So uh, we've kind of hinted at our picks, um, you know, with Pirlo and, and Philhaber, um but as far as the rest of the picks, and you know, if you don't have, if you have Diaz that are looking, maybe you want to think about one of these guys. Um, Piatti had two goals last week. Uh, I definitely want him in my team. 
I definitely want Ladero in my team at home fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, I'm hoping Sasha Kleshin plays, uh, and so he's going to be on my team. I still like Niarco from uh, DC United. They're going to be on the road, but on the road against Orlando, one of the worst defenses of the year. And then I'm going to round it up with uh, Andrea Pirlo against Columbus. Uh, what, what about you, Simon? Do you have a, about the same? You know, I think our picks are going to be a little bit different, although I like all of yours. I just think that there's so many good midfielders, you know. We could both pick almost a different slate of guys, and you'd still have good options. Um, mm-hmm. You mentioned Lodero, of course, so Lodero's one of my picks. Um, I like Pirlo, but I'm not going to pick him because you already did that. I'm going to go with Benny Failhaber also for the reasons that I talked about before. third guy that I think is good is one of Jason's favorites, and his name is Lloyd Sam, wrapped up racked up a couple of assists this weekend and has been producing really well lately, uh, coinciding with DC's latest resurgence. So I think uh, for a road pick, I think you could go with Sam, and that would be pretty good. Um, Those are really the only three picks that I have in terms of midfielders. I think there's lots of good options, all those guys that Mike said, and including other people like Kleschen and Valeri and Piatti. I think that there's lots of good options, even Legette from L.A., but my, my three solid picks are Lodero, uh, Failhaber, and Sam. I, I like that Sam pick. I know Jason's going to be mad because he was shushing people on Twitter, whoever, anyone, whenever anyone brought up Lloyd Sam. <laughs> but, yeah, he, he got up a couple of bunch of beautiful assists against New York City. Hmm. All right, uh, so Fords, um, we got one question I thought was really good. Um, is Giovinco the clear favorite for captain? And if so, is it crazy to put the C on someone else in hopes to break away from the pack? Um, so are you captaining Giovinco this week, Simon? You know, I did last week, and I think I probably will again, although I, it's so hard not to captain Lodero at home. I, I don't mm-hmm. think that Gio is an automatic captain. I think he still looks great. And he's amazing, and he's one of the best players in the league, and he's playing against a weak defense. But I don't think he's an auto captain because of how good of an option Lodero is, and also because David Villa at home against Columbus, and Villa is a goal behind in the Golden Boot race. I think Villa probably turns it on for this game. And so I think you could go reasonably with either Villa, Lodero, or Giovinco. And you'd be absolutely fine. And I honestly think you could make an argument for somebody else like Bradley Wright Phillips, who I picked as a captain on the show last week, and then I switched it to Giovinco last minute, and that was real dumb. So, uh, yeah, I think you could go with BWP also. You know, I, I don't think Giovinco's automatic. He's been gone for so long just because he's been the fantasy king over the last couple years. I, I don't know. I don't think it's automatic at all. No, I, I agree with you. I don't think it's automatic either. I mean, Giovico has been great for so long, but David V has played Columbus twice this year. Both times he's gotten two goals. Both times he's put up scores of 13 points. So, you know, especially, and I think both of those times were on the road. Let me do a double check that. Yeah, both of those times were on the road. So this time it's going to be at Yankee Stadium with Columbus having absolutely nothing to play for. I, it's hard for me to to think about skipping it off of David Villa, but you're right. Uh, Ladero is a great option too, with, with as much on the line as they're going to have. 
Uh, and I mean, the, the goal he scored this weekend against Dallas was was really beautiful. Oh yeah. But yeah, I, I don't think Giovinco is an automatic captain this week because I mean they're, they're facing in Chicago, who's been a little better defensively than Columbus uh, is, you know, for for the David Villa matchup. So I, I don't think you're locked into going to Giovinco. I think you just got to pick the best uh, captain that you can think of. Because it's going to, that's going to be a real difference maker this week is who your captain pick is because there's so many good options. So we talked about David Villa as being one of the great uh, picks this week. But um, other than that, I think I'm going to stick with what I had last week, which was Giovinco and Bradley Wright Phillips. Like you said, golden boot rate, both Giovinco, uh, excuse me, both David Villa and Bradley Wright Phillips. I know they don't want the guy from the rival New York team to get it. So I think they both go all out trying to get it. So so I'm going to have those three uh, on my team. What about you, Simon? Are you having those three? Yeah, my forward picks again are, and I think they were great picks last week, and they're good picks again this week, are Giovinco, David Villa, and Bradley Wright Phillips. I honestly don't think you can make a good argument for having any other forward on your team. I mean, maybe you can, but it's a Bad argument, in my opinion. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe Josie. Maybe Josie's a good. Ooh, no. here I'll give you one. I'll give. I'll give one. Also, sneak pick with Robbie Keane out. I actually really like Dos Santos as a forward pick. Um, I think maybe you could actually argue for Dos Santos over Giovinco, but I think you have to have BWP and Via. Um, Dos Santos and Gordon up top is kind of formidable compared to Dos Santos and Keane. Just kind of like like play pretty badly together, and with that, if Acosta's out and Dallas is feeling like they're reeling a little bit uh, after like Mauro Diaz losing Mauro Diaz deflates them, I think Dos Santos could just have a monster game. So, yeah, I'll make it four forward picks: uh, Via, BWP, Giovinco, and Dos Santos. Yeah, if y'all follow me on Twitter, you know that I had Dos Santos in my first draft of the wildcard team. So, yeah, I I think Dos Santos is a good pick. I'll just throw out two more names for you to think about. Um, Patrick Mullins of D.C., we talked about that Orlando matchup. He's been on fire uh, scoring again this week. Um, If you need a cheaper option, you know, if you're invested too much in the back, um, he's someone to go for. If you're trying to go for a differential pick to do something different, Maybe take a flyer on Fernando Adi. I mean, Portland hasn't been good on the road, um, but, I mean, Vancouver doesn't have anything to play for. They picked a backup keeper this past week, and, I mean, they got a clean sheet, but it's against San Jose. Um, and Adi's one of the few players who can't play in that CCL matchup midweek. So you know he's going to be relatively fresh. Um, and apparently he's on penalties now. I don't know why, but apparently he is. So if you're going for a kind of a weird differential pick, Fernando Adi might be a, a, a way to go. I mean, the truth is most of the forwards are kind of obvious. I think you're going to have those three, so you're not going to make up a whole lot of ground here. I think it's going to be the picks um, in the backfield and, and in the midfield. But if you're looking for a differential to use your transfer on, that, that might be where I would go. You know, that seems like a good idea, Mike. I will say that Vancouver, if they win by uh, a score of three goals, they will win the Cascadia Cup which I know nobody outside of Portland, Seattle, or Vancouver cares about very much, but they're down three points to both Portland and Seattle, but uh, their goal differential is is minus two, and Portland's is at three. I think that's how you do it. It's goal difference. Yeah, goal difference mm. is the tiebreaker, I believe. 
or no yeah there yeah, we go anyway Seattle, yes because seattle's like out of it on goal differential yeah we're we're at, we're at minus one goal differential so we're out of it but you never know maybe vancouver pulls it together and tries to salvage their season and sink portland so <laughs> seems unlikely that they could do that even if they tried no offense canadian listeners i just your team is kind of bad so. Yeah, I don't know if Vancouver could say could score three goals in any period of time. Their offense has been pretty yeah, poor. Yeah, exactly. Year. Um, well, well, speaking of of Canadians, we have our rack wrap up plugs and and whatever else section. Uh, and I had a request for a plug from our good Canadian friend, older goaler. Um, as y'all know, and we talked about it before, uh, he is running a kids league. Well, he wants me to put out there that if you have a child that you know and you're interested in having that child compete next year, go ahead and let him know. His um, handle is at OlderGoaler on Twitter. Uh, he wants to start putting together the league now and kind of get that formed so that uh, whenever next year happens, uh, y'all will be good to go. Um, so if you have a child and you know someone who, who might be interested, um, put him in touch with OlderGoaler. Uh, I know he's been having a lot of fun with that league. So go check it out and let, let him know. Um, th- there's also the, uh, bracket challenge that MLS is doing. They're not going to do a fantasy game for the playoffs. I don't believe, but, um, if you're interested in that, let us know. We might put together a, a little league, uh, cause you can do leagues apparently, uh, with that. So, uh, if you, if you're interested in that, let us know on Reddit and, and we'll throw something together and have a little bit of off season competition. Uh, Simon, do you have any plugs to, to put in? No, I don't have any plugs. I think that that one for older goalers league is really good though. That could be a fun way if you got kids to like really get them interested in watching MLS with you. Um, yeah, that's how to do it. You know, that's how soccer grows in this country is by getting the next generation into it. So if you got kids or your your kids' friends, do that. That's super cool. Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think that that's all we have for this week. As always, if you have any questions, uh, make sure to to leave a comment on Reddit Reddit, or hit us up on Twitter. And uh, with that, good luck.